you know, totally. thinking think about, about why. why. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yes. That was Wait. crazy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 25th episode, I'm here with Vanya Lee. Through this podcast, we discuss Vanya's origin story, recent touring, the process of learning songs, drumming from influences to tips, and much more. We also play the producer's game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to this podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming a friend and fellow Toronto-based musician, Vanya Lee. Hey. They have recently <laughs> been on tour with Leith Ross and Luna Lee and are constantly active in the scene with so many others. We'll get to talking about that soon. We're just excited to have Vanya on to chat. I'm For very m- excited. Yeah, as there well. you go. There you go. For more information <laughs> and to get in touch with Vanya, check them out on their Instagram page at Vanya Lee underscore drums. <laughs> so without further ado, please welcome Vanya Lee to the podcast. A little applause there for Ooh, wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? This I is got, so cool. I got a bunch of uh, oh samples gosh. here for you. I want to know what the... <laughs> there's, a... <laughs> there's, there's also this You've one. got a whole variety of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. For sure. Knickknacks. You, Do you have the one that's like... Bing, bing, bing. I used to have that one. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> it got really annoying. I was too late. Yeah. yeah. Marina, <laughs> I was, I was, I've, always, I've always been like editing the podcast yeah. at home. Um, sometimes the speaker's on. And when that like rap horn would come on, she would be very pissed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used oh, to play man. it a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. You're good. I'm really, really excited to be here. I've been like watching all the videos and like uh, listening to the podcast and just like, just a really cool like um, thing you've been doing, and I'm just, I think just like it's really awesome that you have this kind of resource for um, just like musicians in the industry, and especially like young ones just coming into it fresh. Because yeah. like I know that you know, I mean, I haven't been doing this for very very long because I am still relatively young, but it's like I don't know it. I feel like when I was like just getting into it, I wish I had something like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like I could have used more guidance when I was just getting into it and could have saved me a lot of grief. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. They, that means a yeah, lot. I think that's, like, no. that's definitely, like, the goal of the, of the of the podcast. We were even talking about it before we pressed the cord here. But it, it's really about um, kind of sharing the uh, the experiences of and the reality of the music industry. Yeah. Because oftentimes, even when we're in it, we're like, okay, what, what do I have to do here? Like, what am I, what's going on? Um, where can I learn more about even this person? Um, not even this person, yeah. but also the role that this person is is also yeah. in as well. Because like you were saying, like even on tour, like you're meeting all these people, mm-hmm. and our person that's coming into the room, and you don't, really, you know, you don't really know who is this, yeah, who is, who is this <laughs> person. Know? So anyway, um, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, let's start the podcast with a general question. Um, your favorite experience as a fan 
Ooh. in the music industry? Favorite experience as a fan? I think that's really hard um, for me to answer. Even I was looking at the other questions about like favorite um, like records. I think it's really hard for me to choose, but mm-hmm. I think that there's a difference between like, I feel like a really good band to see um, live instead of like on, like listening to a record is yeah. like probably Kamasi Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see him and his band at the Danforth. I think like, and I think Bad, Bad, Not Good was opening. Oh my goodness. Which was, sorry, am I allowed to cuss? <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that shit was fucking insane. I mean, just like, I think, I don't know. Maybe this is like, this is um, a little bit more nuanced, but just like to see the peak of like musicality and just yeah, like yeah, how yeah. virtuosic you can be on like your instruments. Totally. Like I think Ronald Bruner Jr. was playing drums and like Thundercat was on bass. And it was just like incredibly like crazy to see just like all these musicians doing this thing together. And I felt like we were all like being lifted to like a higher realm of existence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was crazy. Wow. And even 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 at the Danforth too, where it's not like a big like yeah. not a big venue mm-hmm. relatively. Yeah. Um so yeah, seeing them there. No, it's yeah, like yeah. actually insane. Yeah. Like they I mean, I just feel like yeah, like I said, like seeing them live, like instead of like on a record is just such a vastly different thing because every time they play it's like something new yeah 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 they, they, that's they're what trying I love. to push it yeah, yeah. and totally. they're like trying to push like i don't know just the envelope of, yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? Totally. it was just really cool to see and mm-hmm. just like every time i go see a concert like i love when i feel inspired after because oh, i'll be inspired yeah. for days you know yeah, yeah. like i'll see like larnell like playing and i'll be like what the fuck just happened and i like <laughs> yeah. or like kelso or just you know, these, like, drum giants or even, like, jazz giants Yeah. in general. Yeah. It's just really <laughs> yeah. inspiring. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I feel the same way about even just even just going to friends' concerts sometimes. I'm like, yeah. what just happened? Just very inspired. And, and, and it brings you – and then you bring that inspiration into the practice room oh, yeah. or to the next show or, you know, all these things. It, it, it carries with you. Yeah. I, I sometimes even go, like, weeks without feeling, like, that source of inspiration and I need to just sit down and go watch like I don't know like yeah. this Chris Dave thing oh yeah or like last night I watched uh the D'Angelo documentary nice. which first time I'd seen it uh, but it's inspired me so much anyway yeah I get that feeling um second question favorite experience as a musician on stage now this is a general question it might be hard to answer here but um do you have like one specific moment that sort of stands out hmm yeah, I think I've had uh, numerous experiences where I've felt really connected on stage. Mm. And I think, especially with like the recent tour I was on with like Leith Ross. And um, I just feel like his tour is, you know, like to be transparent, it's very physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. And there were times like mentally where I was like really, really struggling and I don't know, like, to me, with that band, it's not just the gig. And yeah. we always talk about that. Like, it's just, it's not just the gig. Like, we're family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, 
there were just so many moments where we would feel like so exhausted or someone was having a bad day and it was just really stressful. But I even remember like Danforth um, when we played there, um, it was just like very full circle. And mm. also like, I think I was just having a really stressful time and I was like not feeling good physically, but just like in those moments when we're like all looking at each other and connecting, it just like feels so good because it's like, you know, these people like, they like care for you unconditionally. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it like it's to me it just feels like family and then like it sort of grounds me and like I don't know, it almost makes me feel like I connect to the music more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think those moments like really, really like I don't know. Yeah. Those are my favorite moments. I'm like, yeah. Do you think do you think that like genres of music have like a different kind of effect on that? Like connection mm-hmm. with these with with the people on stage? Yeah. I know even just seeing videos and, and, and photos of that tour. Um, the members of, of the band are all sort of in a sort of horizontal line on yeah. stage. And you also, for those of you who don't know Leith Ross's music, you have to go uh, check their music out. Um, some of the best music I've heard in a, in a long time, um, especially in the folk scene. Anyway, yeah. uh, so all to say is that even with folk music, is, that, is, that, is there more of a connection there for you as well? Um, yeah. Do, I yeah. For like... Even on stage, like, I think physically, like, mm-hmm. for example, you know, um, most of the time, like, as a drummer, and you probably relate to this, but, or, like, I don't know, like, in a bunch of situations, the drummer is usually in the back. Yeah. Or that's just, like, the way things have been for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I'm usually at the back, and, like, no one can really see me. Mm-hmm. Like, the cameras don't really end up taking <laughs> pictures <laughs> of you, you know sure. what I mean? And so it's, like, really nice to be in that sort of, like, horizontal line because it sort of feels like everybody is on the same, like, sort of, like, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, we can all see each other and we can all Mm. communicate. But also I think that, like, folk music and, like, I don't know, that style of music is something that I really, really, really connect with because that's sort of what I up listening to and mm. sort of like the music that I'm really really into and yeah like stuff that I listen to when I'm feeling really I don't know like there's emotional yeah connection you know, to it, sure. yeah connection yeah, to yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how you feel about this I don't I, I didn't even write this down but even with uh connection with the music and uh, the space in which the music is being played I don't know if you've ever felt this but um the difference between having in-ears or not Mm, are yeah. you playing with in-ears with Leaf? No. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever felt those di- that difference, but for me, it's like, it's, it's. I'd rather play without in-ears mm. in regards to, like, feeling the space and feeling the music and feeling the people yeah. you know, that I'm, I'm playing with. Um, although, you know, a lot of genres nowadays don't allow you to necessarily take those yeah. ears off. Um, yeah. No, totally. I um, definitely get what you mean. Um, I feel like with Leith's music too, it's like, there's not, like a lot of the songs don't have drum parts actually. Right. So it's like a lot of me like going based off of the energy of the night and trying to like cultivate like, you know, and it takes a lot of like deep, deep, deep listening and sort of just like reaching into yourself and seeing what you can pull out for that night and just like going based off of the other musicians' energies, it feels like to me and that's why I love playing um, that music 
because it's so like sensitive and there are no in ears. So it's like yeah, you're yeah. like really listening to the, like the totally. wedges totally, inside you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Yeah. A lot of the music that I play now, I'm I'm on ears. Yeah. And I wish I wish for more opportunities that like of 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 of, of wedges. Really. Yeah. I'm wishing for wedges. <laughs> we'll put that on a shirt or something. Um <laughs> second question, yeah. and we'll get back to the Leith stuff yeah. quite soon. Um just a very general music business, music industry sort of question for you here. Um, is a reflection on Erica Badu's quote. The list, listeners know it. It's been it's been here since the beginning. Um, the quote is music and music business are two different things. What are your first instincts when you hear um, this sentence? Just a general thought on, on where music business is at today. Oh, this might be a tough one for me because I feel like I'm still sort of um, quite new to the music business side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but from what I have, the information I've sort of garnered is that they seem very binary. Yeah. You know, um, and I feel feel that the situations where I've been where I felt like fully comfortable is when um and I feel like music business is this whole like scattered system yeah and I feel like I don't know from what I've gathered it feels like um there needs to be more like connection okay yeah like a lot more connection yeah 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 because yeah. but maybe I'm like just I don't know that much about it but the feeling I get is like more connection because sometimes it feels like there's a little bit of a gap between music business people yeah, yeah. and like musicians. Totally, totally. You know, which doesn't always feel too comfy. Mm, but from, yeah. yeah, what I've felt most comfortable with is when the people on the music business side of things um, really, really like want to look out for the musicians because mm-hmm. sometimes it can get really hairy. Yeah, yeah, if, totally. Yeah, there's, like, not the connection there. Really, it just comes down to connection, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts in regards to, like, um, the music business sort of living? Um, or or do, do you think that nowadays, in 2023, let's say, music can't live without music business? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that sort of relationship a lot. Um, in regards to a lot of people... Yes, music has always been be, become first or is is first. Yeah. Um, but that people, a lot of people struggle with the the the, the sense of oh, I have to post on social media. Oh, right. I have to do all these things to even, you know, pay the rent. You know, yeah. or like like buy that loaf of bread or whatever at the end of the day. You know, right. not every, <laughs> We're not eating a loaf of bread a day, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, do you mean sort of like do you feel like? Music business has to exist. Yeah, exactly. Or just like now, like the effect of music business on music and not necessarily like, um, I guess the individuals in the room, but just like, just that, you know, oh, I have to sell tickets tonight. Oh, I have to post my drum cover because I know we've both been in that world. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's, unfortunately, I think that it does have to exist like it's very very important and I have so many thoughts on this just because I think like I even think about this article that showed me about how um like it was sort of shaming like musicians for going onto TikTok and posting maybe like 
one minute of their music or like a sort of, sort of producing something for specifically TikTok and it's like only yeah. one minute long. Totally. But to me, I don't think that it's right to shame the musicians for that. Mm. Because unfortunately, that's just how it's been sort of like, I don't know, set up. Now. Yeah. You the know industry I mean? is like that now, you know. People are discovering, yeah. especially Leith. Yeah. Because <laughs> TikTok has, has, has influenced them and their, their, um, yeah. their, their, um, their audience. The growth of, of, yeah. of their music so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I'd love to eventually have Leith on um, to talk yeah, about yeah. that. But, um, yeah, sorry, your thoughts. I sort of, like, oh, no, uh, cut no. you off there. Yeah, that's um, really it. I mean, I think that I feel like it's really unfair, in my opinion, to be shaming, like, the artists themselves. And I feel like mm. it sort of also stems into, I don't know, <laughs> maybe just, like, ageism a yeah, little sure, bit. Sure, and sure. also a little bit, like sexism as yeah. well because it feels like i mean you know maybe this is like a reach but i just feel like sometimes with gen z and like tiktok there's often sometimes like shaming and that you know maybe like older generations of musicians look down on younger musicians for like trying to you know create yeah, content for totally totally you yeah. know it's not like I mean, I feel like most musicians I know don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I know so, so, so many musicians whose music don't really get heard. Like, it doesn't really get heard. Yeah. You know, or doesn't get the recognition it deserves because they don't want to go on TikTok and, like, post videos. Totally, totally. You know? Yeah. So, it's like totally. a, yeah, it's like a, <laughs> I've been hearing this expression very recently. But it, it's a very common expression, but putting the cart before the horse or whatever that yeah. expression is, I don't really know it that well. It's come from an ESL situation, but I don't really get it. Um, but it's sort of like... Um, I don't think I get that either. <laughs> yeah. Cart before the horse. Yeah. It's like this like chicken before the egg sort of situation where it's like... I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've heard the one where it's like, you can lead a horse to water. You can't. Right, right. That horse drink. Right. A lot of water. horse analogies. Yeah, lots of, what is <laughs> yeah. up with that? Yeah. No, but I agree in the sense that, like, a lot of people sort of uh, shit on TikTok and a lot yeah. of people that are using social media to their so, as, as their number one tool, but yeah. that's where the people are now. You can't exactly. necessarily go in the street or, uh, you know, uh, promote your CD or, like, with, like, or, or, like, some pamphlets or whatever or come see my show at the Rex or whatever yeah. with like a pamphlet no. on the side of university and queen or whatever. Um, you can't all, it, everything's happening on social media yeah. now. And um, it's unfortunate that people aren't uh, really, not necessarily like, I, I don't feel like they need to use that though, those platforms, but just the shaming of it yeah. is, 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 is definitely tough sometimes. Big thing. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, it's just, I feel like that's the way it is. Yeah, exactly. That's like, the way it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, at least that's what I think. But I'd also, you know, be, love to talk about, like, alternatives as to, or, like, I'm curious to know how the next 10 years will look. Totally. In regards to that. Like, yeah. will we see a sort of reverse of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing, too, right? It's because, like, I'm even, we're even seeing, like, a lot of, like, uh, even some, like, cassettes coming back yeah. and like a lot of like more like material kind of merch is important right. now again yes. and all these things where it's like 
okay, but they, they got to go see you first live, which is a whole yeah. other thing. Um, <laughs> I don't think like live, the live like experience will ever go away necessarily, yeah. um, which is a good thing for us musicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but definitely like the whole like a consumerism part of thing, uh, part, part of the business and just the, the industry and consuming just music. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it will, it will, will change I mean, in the next 10 years. Do you have any ideas on that? I also just want to add because I think because of the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of people were sort of, um, you know, indoors. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, TikTok was sort of on the rise yeah, yeah, during yeah. that. Or yeah, maybe yeah. it was before a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely, I feel like, saw a growth in usage. Yeah. Um, And I'm, because everyone's stuck at home. Like, they, you know, I feel like social media definitely took an importance. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, that, yeah. You know? People were feeling more connected to people. Yeah. But through social media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wonder if that, like, sort of has lingered there. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's definitely more of an independence than before the pandemic. And yeah. even before the pandemic, it was huge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots of thoughts Yeah. There. I'm, I'm like... No, yeah, I feel like the live music experience is really just irreplaceable. And just, mm-hmm. like, again, that connection that you feel when you go see a show and or the inspiration you feel after you see a show. Like, I yeah, don't yeah. think, like, I do feel inspired when I watch, like, videos of concerts. But it's, I don't know, there's something, like, different there and very unique about live music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, let's get into the origin story. Well, origin Ooh, story. <laughs> little lore. Yeah, little lore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lore. Um, yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in North York. Hey, shout <laughs> out. Like Toronto, <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> shout out to North York. I don't know. York. I've lived here my entire life. Hey, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was like, how was growing up here? I often ask people that because I'm sometimes I'm, right. sometimes I'm jealous of the experience. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm not. Um, but... <laughs> Some of these yeah. kids had like access to these like like arts high schools and stuff. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like growing up like what was your what was your I guess one of the sorry, I guess one of the mo the, the first questions I always ask is how was like your musical upbringing? Was there like a, like a lot of music played in the in the house? Parents, <sighs> musicians? Honestly, my parents are not musicians. Yeah. So I just I love talking about my parents and just like their relationship <laughs> to music because like my mom she just like is there for the vibes yeah, like every yeah, time she sure. comes to a concert she's like who is <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah she's like who's that yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know <laughs> right, but she right. just wants to be there to support <laughs> yeah 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 that's awesome yeah but um I don't know like I guess um I really didn't start until I was like probably like 12 or something or 13. Sure. And I started, you know, like I went to French immersion middle school. <laughs> okay. Lester Shout B. Out. Pearson. Yeah, yeah. Shout outs. Yeah. And it was very like, you know, they didn't have a very high budget. It was very low budget school. <laughs> and, you know, they had like this really shitty drum set that I think was like two toms and like a kick. And they were all, like, beaten up. It looked like a, okay. you know, dive bar house kit situation. Sure, sure, sure. sure. And, yeah. yeah, I, like, would sort of play there in, like, concert band, you know, yeah. play my little Pink Panther. Da-da. 
you know, vibes. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and, On a ride symbol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I got really into that. And I was like, wow, yeah. I actually really, really enjoy, like, playing this. And sure. um, then, like, I picked up, like, Urhu, like, which is, like, Chinese violin. Yeah. Um, and then... I think my Chinese violin teacher heard that I was playing drums and or like I was learning how to. Yeah. And um, I remember she was asking me to play in the Toronto Chinese Orchestra. And like I started to play like Whoa. Chinese percussion, like yeah, for yeah, reals, yeah. like yeah, yeah. when I was like in middle school, along with like doing the concert band stuff. And yeah, oh. when I went to high school, I think I um, started to pick up more like classical percussion. Okay. And sort of like going into the more concert band realm and then. I think I started to pick up drum set like for reels, like doing jazz in like eleven and twelve. Okay, okay. I believe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what yeah. high school did you go to? I went to Earl Hig. Oh my! Same goodness. one as uh, Julian. Julian. Yeah. King. Yeah, for and real. also Deanna Petkoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cal Maudsley. Yeah. Scott Hellman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was very like classical based. Okay. And Keshav. I don't know if you know Keshav. I don't know. Love that guy. He's okay. also <laughs> percussion major. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. That was sort of my upbringing. And then I went yeah. to Humber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you know. Can I ask you about, like, the process yes. about, like, doing the auditions and all that stuff? Because yeah. I think I think one of the demographics I'm sort of um, targeting here is uh, is also, like, high school students that don't necessarily right. know what to do. Yeah. Um. What was the like the audition process for you? Did you have like some resources beforehand? Did you go to like an open house situation for Humber? Yeah. Um. Oh my God, that was like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember I think I took a year off. Yeah. And I just practiced really intensely, Ooh. and I also had the. <laughs> it's so silly talking about it now, but <laughs> I like genuinely thought I was gonna go to like kinesiology. Into okay. a kinesiology program yeah, yeah, yeah. at Waterloo. <laughs> oh, that was like my other sure. option. I okay, don't know, okay, okay. even remember why. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Weird, <laughs> but yeah, I think honestly, I just practiced. I felt like I had to catch up because I started like later. Yeah, yeah, sure. in life, yeah, like yeah. with percussion and drums and all that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really practice in high school, to be honest. Yeah, I was yeah. just out here like vibing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Just like. Yeah, On I didn't pig, practice. Pig pi- panther grind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think um, I felt like I had to catch up, and I remember I also applied for York University, Capilano in BC. Yeah, and then all drums. I can't even remember. Yeah, all drums. Cool. Yeah, and then I think that I had private lessons with Max Sennett. Okay. Special shout out. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, I just really wanted to be like, how how do I get in? Get me yeah. in. You know, because Humber, I knew, was the only place that I really wanted to be. No offense to the other schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're lovely. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I just really had a dream to go there. Yeah. You know? What What was like, was it because of the, the teachers or um, the ensembles? Or what were like really yeah. like attracted you there? I Honestly, mean, obviously, Kelso the teachers. Marnell for sure, but. The, yeah, teachers, the teachers and sort yeah. of like the rep that they had and I didn't know anyone that actually went to Humber but I just heard so many good things about it and being snarky puppy also like yeah. in my you know high school years and um yeah 
And I think also, like, a lot of my friends, we were really into that scene of, like, Toronto, like, that specific music scene. Was it, uh, when you say, like, <clears throat> Toronto-based stuff, like, was it, like, um... Like, Bad, Bad, Not Good. Bad, Bad and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah Daniel yeah. Caesar, sure, and, sure. you know, that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Which, Bad, Bad, pretty sure graduated from, from Humber. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they dropped out or if they got... Yeah, I some, don't know. Something like that. Can't remember. Like that. They but went they, there. We're Humber adjacents. Yeah, Humber adjacents. Yeah. Like a lot of people in Toronto are. Um, yeah. Got that Humber vibe for sure. Yeah. Um, how did you like your experience there? Um, it was tough. It yeah. was tough, but it was like very, very extremely rewarding because, you know, Mark Kelso, who used to be the head of the percussion department, really like took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. And like even from the start of that audition, like right. when I first went there, you know, he was like, "You're you're accepted, like right there." And yeah, like yeah. I feel like there was this immediate like mentorship. Yeah, that yeah, happens. yeah. That's awesome. And he's retired now, but um, yeah, even now he still sort of like will recommend me for gigs and sort of like has my back still. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though I've graduated, mm-hmm. recent by yeah. the way. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You. Officially on the it podcast. Took a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just also the community mm. that I met there sure. was really, 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 and is still really important to me. Like, I still am, like, friends, and I still work with the people that I met there, and, like, some have moved away, but I still try to keep in touch as much as I can. And, yeah. like, I don't know. I think you just learn a lot from the people you meet. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I also loved, like, the classes, but I definitely, because Humber's a pretty hard program. Like, it's very challenging because you have all of these courses, like, happening at the same time. Yeah. And, like, you have your you performances, know. ensemble. Yeah. you got to get those 400 hours, too. Yeah, you're also, which, like, yeah. practicing, like, yeah, yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah, You know, totally. I used to practice, like, in between classes in first year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be there from like 10 a.m. to like probably 2 a.m. Like yeah. Okay. In the practice room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I would yeah. go to classes, you totally, know, which totally. is not recommended. Yeah, yeah. Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you living in, still living in North York at the time? Yeah. 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 But then I moved to Etobicoke, I think, for like a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have here the gigging industry sort of. In university, but also, like, I guess, here I have from school to touring. Now, I also now realize that you also were touring also during school as well. Um, Yeah, but also, I feel like I didn't really, really start touring till like, last year. Yeah. I think that Austra. There you go. Was the first time I toured. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because, like, when I was in school, mm-hmm. the pandemic was happening. Yeah, That was, sure, like, sure. literally the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, touring, I don't think it's going to be, like, feasible. No, no, totally. For a really, really long time. Um, But, yeah, I think I sort of started gigging, like, locally when I was, was in school. But yeah. I didn't start touring till like, probably last year. And then yeah. it's just been, like. Pretty intense. Pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. Are there things that were said in school that uh, have changed mm. since then? Or, or, like, from, I mean, Humber is still, like, most of the yeah. profs are still, like, gigging. So, yeah. obviously, like, the realities are there. But for me in school, there was, like, a lot of, like, things that were taught 
that aren't like necessarily true anymore. Mm. Were there things like even like early on really? that were like, yeah. I'm curious to know, like, I'm going to direct no, interview please. question please. at you. <laughs> um, no, it was just like, yeah. it would, it was actually often just like said, like just mm. like straight up said, because I, I studied music business. Right. So it's it's like, and that's sort of an industry that it's not like, it's not like maths and sciences, sciences where it's like, I don't know, pi will always be like 3.14 or whatever. It's like music business is always changing. Yeah. And like, right. where it's like, now they're probably talking about TikTok and they're probably talking about all these like yeah. n- newer things, um, NFTs and stuff, where it's like in Crazy. first year of music business, where it's like, yeah. we, were, we weren't really necessarily talking about that stuff. So every... Every like semester, it was it was said at the beginning of class where it was like these things are just like things that we know now. Yeah, and like it's your job that even after school yeah. to keep like, I guess to keep in sure. touch with like the the realities of the industry. Um, is it's important to still keep on like studying, yeah. being active, and being like sort of like keep an eye on what's really happening right. in the in the okay. scene. I think I get what you mean. Yeah. So, are there things like for you on your end that was like? Like, oh, watch out, like, on tour because it might be like this, but it's actually not like that. Mm-hmm. Or even just, like, gigging. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I think the biggest one for me was the one that was, like, say yes to everything. Sure. Yeah. Because, no. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that. Yeah. Because I think that, like, when you really do hear it, you know, like, you you think, okay, no, that's silly, right? But also... If you think about it, people coming into Humber are like quite young. Yeah, like you know they're 18. literally teens. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like your brain is not fully formed. Yeah, at that age, and I feel like it's really, really not insidious, but it's just it's just dangerous to be saying to teens like, "Oh, say yes to everything." Yeah, just like push through no matter what. When yeah. in reality, no. Yeah, I mean like it sort of has some truth to it when you're starting out because it's like, well, yes, maybe I do have to do a gig for free to like have it snowball into, you know, but I think that the say yes to everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Cause I definitely, you know, when I got to Humber, like my mentorships were important, but I think I put too much emphasis. Totally. Because if you think about it, it is like a significant power dynamic. Yeah. You know, you're literally like, you know, going into the school as like a young person, as a very young person. Mm -hmm. And you like don't have much experience. Well, most people don't. Um, But then you like have this like older person who does have a lot of experience and is like a professor at at that uh, post-secondary institution. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I think. People have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, for example, you know, I I feel like I had one professor who sort of told me to say yes to everything. And I feel like it sort of got instilled in my brain that, you know, but at that time, like, he was doing it for, like, survival and, like, just trying to make his bills, you know, like, to pay all of his bills. And so he would say yes to every single gig. But, like, sometimes that's not... You know, it's not sustainable no. to do that. It no, burns no. you out yes, mentally yeah. and physically. And also there are some gigs where I feel like my values don't necessarily align also. So, yeah. No, totally. I have a lot to say about that. And 
I think for me as well, it's like saying yes to everything will also put you at that level as well. Yeah. You won't necessarily have time to grow. Yeah. Um, exactly. And sort of build on that career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and honestly, sometimes you won't necessarily even have time to say yes to other things. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't Definitely. do this important gig that could give me a lot because I said yes yeah. to this, this one thing three months ago that I, I wasn't even sure of to begin with. Yeah. Um, there's totally. like a whole like balance there. Yeah, um, there definitely is. And I think that I feel like the more you say yes to the ones that you're, you know, like, and again, think about the gig triangle, right? Where yeah. it's like, what is it? People? Yeah. Are they good people? People, music. Good money and good music. Yeah, yeah. You know, so definitely take that into account. But I feel like in my experience when I've, <laughs> I've like burned myself out out like multiple times because I thought that like oh yeah I'll take this one whatever but then the more you take like free low cost gigs and the more they pile up then people think that yes you are sort of like that person not that like I don't want to say that it's definitely not like lower or anything I think I'll you know I just think that you need to pay your bills at a certain point yeah totally, totally and um yeah, but definitely think about that triangle and also boundary setting is one big thing that I've had to like sort of get better at. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. So there's I, a I, lot of layers to that. I feel you there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just even looking at recent scheduling, I was like, what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah, no, boundary setting is super important, especially in music, but also like just a general life kind of lesson yes. here is just the boundaries are super important. Yeah. yeah. Because you are just one person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay to ask for help. Yes. It you know is. <laughs> no, you it know? is. Yes. It is. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, um, yeah. I, I'm going on to topic two here. Recent touring. I have a note here. It's presenting. Like a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, presenting the tours. Um, yeah. So you've been on a couple bigger things recently that I have highlighted here. I also... There maybe are some things that I I, yeah. I, I don't have on the page here. Um, two, the two names here I have is yes, Luna Lee and um, Leith Ross. Um, how did you get in contact with these people? Yeah, do you want to? Are there things? I'm sure there are things that we can't necessarily talk about. Right. Um, I guess yeah. Just present like, what was what was the what were the first I connections love it. there? Present the two yeah. <laughs> Well. Um, with Luna Lee, Hannah, I literally (laughs) did not know her, like, at all before. And, like, actually any of the members. Mm -hmm. I think I initially got the call because a friend from Humber, um, recommended me Mm -hmm. to do the gig. Because I think what had happened is the drummer couldn't do it anymore, Brayden. Yeah. Uh, great shout out Braden, <laughs> uh great engineer yeah seriously yeah um but yeah he couldn't do it anymore so i stepped in um and that's how i sort of got to know hannah and the crew yeah. and and then with leith i knew them from humber and we didn't really talk and then i think matthew manifold mm. also really excellent engineer um who recorded motherwell yes um yeah, I didn't really know Leith at the time when I was at Humber, 
but they sort of reached out to me um I think like literally December last year I don't know okay time is an illusion sure but (laughs) I think Matt recommended me for that so okay yeah great just people from Humber yeah 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 connections yeah the scene yeah vibes um what was like the experience of um sort of like starting out with them was there was it like hard to sort of adapt to some of the some of the things that they already have or was it like with Leith I, I could be wrong here but one of the first experiences for them as in the full band setting yeah yeah um, and you, you say yourself as well there aren't many drums on on these recent recordings so what was that process like for you and I know we're talking about like both camps right now we're talking about two tours at once yeah um, but maybe for Leith um about those, like, sort of putting drums on, on those songs. Mm. Yeah. I think, like, sort of the process of creating parts. Yeah, p- process of creating parts and also just also getting to, to that, in, into that camp and just, like, sort of gelling with, with the team as well. With people, yeah. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you know, as much as, like, it seems like maybe I'm very social and outgoing, I definitely would say I'm, like, definitely an introvert. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, most musicians are, which yeah. is funny because I feel like <laughs> literally 75% of our job is, like, sort of this word called networking, <laughs> which I don't know how I feel about. Yeah. I think that I just like to be friends with people. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like... Yeah, I just like to have really good conversations with people and get to know them and like, I don't know, I just like having friends. <laughs> I think that's maybe no, yeah, how no, I, totally. yeah, I don't know. And Most I think, of it is the hang. Yeah, yeah. The, hang, the hang, for sure. And I feel like everyone on that crew is just so like kind and loving. And mm-hmm. even with the Luna Lee crew, like everyone's just really nice. And I feel like, you know, there were some stressful moments on the last tour, but I feel like what really gelled us all together was our compassion and care mm-hmm. for one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think that's, like, a big one for sure. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any expectations coming into the tour that were sort of, like, I guess I guess the first one is, yeah, mm-hmm. what were your expectations coming into these tours and what, like, surprised you about it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm a pretty, like, nervous person mm-hmm. uh, which has its pros because I practice the shit out of the material yeah 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 but definitely like I think I usually have like maybe different expectations as I as in I think that it's gonna go this way but it right. ends up going so much better than I thought okay okay that, well that's so, good yeah initially yeah. I was really really nervous and it had to do a lot with the imposter syndrome yeah thing. yeah yeah um mainly because Leith has worked with really just crazy excellent musicians mm, yeah <laughs> you know and like also everybody on the crew are crazy excellent musicians yeah, and yeah. Uh, definitely I had to sort of wrestle some things within myself and mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing for me like yeah yeah um to being a musician yeah the imposter syndrome situation. yeah the like totally. mental block of like or just things you're sort of dealing with on your own yeah yeah and it even goes into your playing as well. Yes. So much totally. of it. Like the mental part of it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Whoa. I don't even remember what the question was. No, just, just like just like, like expectations yeah. and then some things that were 
like just surprises yeah. as well. Um, are there some moments on tour where you like? For me, for me yeah. on tour, it's like it's the whole like travel thing, which is mm. which is wild. The like the whole like logistics sort of part. Yeah, where it's like. You can think about it ahead of time, but you never really know what's going to happen until you get there. I know. Um, in regards to, you know, traveling, planes, uh, cars, renting a van, doing all these things. Oh, the drive is five hours? Well, actually, joke's on you. It's eight hours Ooh. or, like, something, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, um, are there some moments there where you can look back and be like, ah, well, I thought it was going to be like this, but it really wasn't? I think initially... Actually, well, I learned this like halfway through, so I guess it doesn't really count. But I think that I wasn't expecting the drives to be that long. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure. I guess because like Canada is like so big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also initially, um, it was supposed to be a bus tour. Yeah. But it ended up being a van tour. So it was like running on like a schedule of a bus tour. Yes. But then it was a van one. Right. So. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I think it's fine. <laughs> but, no, no, totally. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. But that's literally what happened. So it was, like, definitely very chaotic in terms of scheduling. It's for the Leaf Europe stuff? Um, For the North America one. Okay, okay, recently. Yeah, 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 yeah recently. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. And then yeah. there was one Luna Lee one that was, there was a lot of turns and twists. Okay. <laughs> In regards For to the sure, drives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do hate the uh, the drive sometimes, for sure. Yes. Um, do you have any, like, favorite parts? Um, or even... I'll start with favorite parts. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any favorite parts of the last, like, I don't know, six months? <sighs> yeah. You know, because it hasn't been extremely long. Yeah. But, you know... Any like gigs or any like interactions or even just moments with with the with crew, even just like out, out like off stage. Do you have some things that you like? I mean, yeah, honestly, the fans are just really, really incredible people, mm. and it's also just really cool to see like I don't know, like young queer people just having this person that they can. Like their songs, they can relate to yeah. so much totally. about such a unique, specific experience, mm-hmm. and I think that I feel like I don't even get nervous when I play about the quantity of people because they're actually it's been like with this tour, it's been a lot more people than I'm used to playing for. Totally, but it's the qual quality of the experience that I sort of want to deliver because I'm like these people, you know, I like look into the crowd and I'm seeing like fans cry like um to the songs you know and i'm like this music means so much to them yeah and i want to create an experience where they feel like seen and heard and like held right you know because they paid this money and they like came all this way they got ready for this show you know Mm -hmm. so to me it feels like such a responsibility and duty of care to do that for them how are you ensuring that on uh on an instrument that a lot of people think it's like brash. Yeah. Uh, on drums. How 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 are you caring for those yeah. these individuals through Yeah. through your instrument? It's been such like an incredible experience because it's something that's so new to me and such a huge challenge to me because with Luna Lee like I'm and I remember my partner said this to me. She was like, "I'm so used to seeing you shred like yeah, yeah. on like the Luna Lee stuff because it's totally. so like Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like 
chop heavy and like yeah. very you know rock stuff mm-hmm. um but i feel like with leith's music it's so soft yeah and like it's also with wedges too which like sometimes i can and like stages are big so sometimes i have trouble hearing stuff yeah so it really really challenges you to um think of drums as like a soft instrument and like think about like the textures and I remember having a lesson with Larnell where he was talking about how I should think about drums as more of like a color palette. Yeah. Rather than like just like a timekeeper. Right. Because so often with some of Leith's songs, like their music is very like sometimes there is no like Yeah, sp- yeah. You know, oh yeah, beat. there's there's no four on the floor yeah. situation. There. And because they recorded a lot of those without any kind of click. Yeah. Or it was just like once through. Yeah. And like totally. they're like incredibly talented like singers, so they like can just crush it in yeah, like yeah, one yeah, day, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. But it's just like very like spontaneous and like I don't know. I think of it more as like a palette rather than yeah. timekeeper, if that makes sense. And it kind of challenges you to think of like different ways to create sounds. Totally. Yeah. Uh, when I hear you speak about this um, gig, I, and it's more than a gig, um, yeah. like you said, but are there unwritten parts? Are you sometimes adding things one night and sort of um, not even playing another night? Is it, is it up to you sort of to add yeah. to what they're doing? Or Literally. is it, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Were there like a lot of rehearsals even beforehand? You know, is it like that yeah. sort of thing or is it more of like a um, intuition sort of situation? Well, we did have a lot of rehearsals before the yeah. like last run and also mm-hmm. even for the Europe one because that was literally the first time we were all playing together. Yeah. But uh, we've really gelled together as a band, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also helps. Yeah. It also helps that the other players are also like extremely like they like carry the music so much like Anna the bass player like Mm. shout out to Anna (laughs) there you go but she like adds so much and I feel like I almost like I think of it less as like I'm creating individually but I'm like kind of riding off of like the energy that people are creating on stage totally you know like I feel like I barely have to do anything yeah you know (laughs) it's a great great feeling yeah 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 is there a designated um uh, leader, because um, I know with like a lot of like um, not like more more of like felt music or imp- not necessarily improvised yeah. music, but there's is often somebody that you're always looking to for signs or cues or something. Was Anna doing that? Yeah, as as the bass player in the situation, or is it more of like a we're all following Leith? Yeah. I don't know. I think I would say, like, for more of the time stuff, like, yeah. I'm definitely the one who sure, sort of, sure, sure. and also Leith, but yeah. I generally feel like I'm trying to follow Leith and, like, sort of the cues of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I feel like, you know, because often there isn't time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I'm sort of going based off of, like, I'm following their vocal. Yes. A lot of the time. Same. Like, I'm, like, I definitely thinking yeah. more melody-wise and lyrics to sort of pull me in. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm all about that vocal. Yeah. Send me the vocal in the air. Send me the vocal in the monitor. Exactly. I'm always about that. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Any funny stories or moments from the from these couple tours that you can share? Oh, my God. 
Oh god. <laughs> I just like from which one? Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to say right now that every time I'm in Amsterdam, something bad happens to me. Whoa. Something is in the air there <laughs> okay. that I'm not really sure how to explain, but something's happening in, in Netherlands. Okay. Something that the Dutch have against me specifically. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because last time, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, but on the Luna League tour, there was an incident that okay. occurred. A bed bug incident. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm sorry, Hannah. But I found a little bug crawling on my pillow in this hotel that we were in. Oh, wow. Essentially, you know, I was, I wasn't sure if it was actually bed bugs, but I did warn people, and they're like, "We're sure it's fine." And then it ended up being a whole thing where our room had um, bed bugs. Okay, but we yeah. did get bed bugs there, and it was just really funny because not funny like in the moments, but funny looking back now because we were literally just carrying our clothes from venue to venue. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was. One time in Amsterdam for the Europe tour, where we went to this hotel. And I kid you not, I don't even know how to explain this to you. <laughs> it was like straight out of like a 70s Italian horror movie. Whoa. Okay. Like the vibes of this hotel. It okay, felt like okay. Shroot Farm <laughs> on acid. Yes. It was crazy. Wow. Like this. There were like multiple doorways to different like ways to get up to the room. And I was on like level three or something, which is the top of the <laughs> hotel. And I remember going up these like tiny narrow spiral staircases. And each time, each floor mat, it would get smaller and smaller. Oh, like the spiral yes. staircase. Because the, the roofs are going like yes. this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fucked. And I remember. <laughs> I I went up there alone, um, and I remember Anna and Lee had the same stories because they also went up alone, but they saw this one man. He was, like, probably in his 60s, and he was just, like, he almost, like, looked ghostly. Because, Whoa. And he was only, like, dressed in his, like, do you call them, like, boxer briefs? Sure. Very like, it was yeah. like he was like in his pajamas, naked. like underdressed, <laughs> okay, okay. shuffling around, sure. like in this thing, and we like all saw him somehow, like in different spots of the hotel. Oh it was goodness. just like really, and then Lee <laughs> was like, they texted the group, and they were like, "Guys, come down immediately. We are not staying here." Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that sort of situation. Yeah, so there was like. I remember my luggage handle also broke immediately as I stepped into Amsterdam, which, <laughs> listen, man. Gotta like, watch out for the Netherlands. I just like emotional reparations. Going into the, the last part of this topic, any tips for musicians who are new to touring? You say yourself that, you know, over the past year or so, a couple of years, yeah. new to touring yourself. Um any, like, tips that you had to sort of, like, I don't know, anything that you can yeah. look back on from even just a year ago, you're like, oh, 
I know how to do this now. This would be good yeah. for somebody to sort of know about oh, or totally. learn. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> Listen to every single episode of this podcast because I feel like on the music business side of things, as a session musician or artist or whatever, if you don't know a lot about music business, do your research. Because mm. things like, you know, because I've sort of um, had moments where I wish I stood up for myself. Uh. And like I've mm-hmm. sort of been almost like taken advantage of in some ways because I didn't send something in time or like, you know, I was waiting for something to be paid and, you know, um, and then like I was, you know, I was like, um, I couldn't pay my bills on time, stuff like that, because that shit's serious. And like, that's like money. So Mm -hmm. don't feel bad about asking about that. Yeah. Don't feel bad about having those discussions because they need to be had. Stand up for yourself. And if you, don't know what to do, ask for advice from people you trust and who you love and who you feel that have good intentions and have your back, which I know can sometimes be hard because sometimes like I feel like it's also just like a, a like a growth thing within yourself. Like, you know, back then I couldn't stand up for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to. And also like, I just like trusted the wrong people. So it's just definitely like, Think about your community also and how to ask for help in those ways. And yeah, like just stand up for yourself. Set those boundaries. You know, ask for money. Like if it's not being, if you're not being paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's important. Stuff like that. And also like really, really take care of yourself like Mm. on tour and just try to, like I know sometimes it's hard not to have FOMO. Mm-hmm. but uh, you will no, for sure. you for will sure. give yourself thanks yeah. for giving yourself some rest mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah that's okay. what i feel and we're back cloud machine podcast 25th episode here with vanya lee talking about uh now we're going to talk about learning songs um uh, two fellow drummers just you know, chatting about the songs, you know what I'm saying? Scabbing away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess my first question is, is um, your process of learning the songs. When you get the songs at first from this artist, you've never mm-hmm. worked with them before, what's like your process? You sort of mentioned earlier um, that you sort of have this, like, this more like nervous personality, so you, you practice these songs a lot more. Yeah. Um, then maybe somebody that would typically just learn the songs and go to the gig sort of thing. What's, what do you do when you first get the songs? Hmm. First get the songs. I think generally, whenever I have a gig or a hmm. tour that I'm preparing for, I always try to memorize. Always. And I think when I'm initially getting to the vibe of the songs, I just try to catch what sort of style it's in what genre it's in yeah you know um what kind of tones will i be looking to get yeah like for my drum set you know if it's a jazz gig that's going to be very different gig um tones than like if you were doing like something r&b yeah yeah you know what i mean and i think if it's really really last minute just trying to get a feel for the form like are these like weird like yeah yeah, you know um forms like is it like i don't know like 14 bars here and then like 
seven bars here, you sure, know, sure, or is sure. it just like eight, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of vibes like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. So getting a feel for the form, getting a feel for the type of genre, like, you know, um, what kind of groove do I want to play? And also, um, if I'm like making parts too, that's a whole different story than like trying to learn parts that already have been made. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going in to create parts that don't exist, I'm trying to look for the melodic components, also looking at the bass line, like how can I incorporate these elements, like really, really listening to the song mm. and just being musical with it, yeah. using your ears to really like create parts and just trying a whole bunch of different things, like see what works, you know, totally. in terms of creating parts. And then in terms of like charting out, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, generally, I don't transcribe. No, I mean, no, I no, just yeah. like do everything by ear yeah, yeah, because same. I feel like for me, I'm just like, I don't know. Like if I really, really want to internalize, like I'm not going to be reading charts like yeah, at yeah. the gig because sure. I don't, you know, like, so in that case, like if I really want to maybe have a visual side of it, I would like chart it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my process. You do like a lead sheet situation. That's just sort of what I do when it's like very yeah. last minute. It's like, oh, we got a gig tomorrow or something. Um, I sort of like take the paper out situation, get the get the get the yeah. pencil and do like, oh, this song, okay, do the form. If there's any weird stuff, you know, yeah. I'm filling into chorus one, but I'm not filling into chorus two. There's a pause in the bridge. Like there's whatever. No. No, eh? none of that. I haven't done that for I like a long time. Maybe yeah, because yeah. I'm I don't know if it's or something no 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 but i just like i'm like yeah i like just you know i generally go on my notes app yeah and just like write out the form yeah yeah what is it about this specific section i say i do a pretty good job yeah it's been working (laughs) i don't know you journal (laughs) yeah journal entry all this time i have like uh oh my like feelings journal on the other side of my notes app. (laughs) like oh i cried today for 10 hours (laughs) Verse one, <laughs> yeah. chorus one. It's in the same note. I know. Yeah. <laughs> How do you balance like your own sort of style and um, like for instance, okay, we talked about it briefly. Now, like the Vanu Lee that we were hearing on, let's say on Hannah's stuff, on Luna stuff, is very different than um, the vibe on the Leith stuff. Yeah. But how do you, how are you incorporating your own? Um, style within both sort of um, genres or both shows. Um, I guess a lot of times, even in drumming, we talk about like our signature style or our our sound. That's Mm -hmm. like a lot of like sound, our tone. Um, Do you have like, um, what are your thoughts on like having your own sort of style, but within different genres and even just different people serving the song, but also having your own sort of thing? Well, again, it goes based off of genre because each genre has its own language and I would say with like the stuff that I've been playing recently and that's those specific genres I always try to start simple because I've been I've been to shows where I wish the drummer played more simple oh okay we'll have these conversations off mic but yes definitely I feel like (laughs) because I feel like 
people <laughs> usually like when you play simpler. Mm. All like uh, honestly, ninety nine percent of the time, it's been like that for me. Like they would rather you play simpler fill, a shorter fill, not like a <laughs> four <laughs> bar like yeah, yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. And I also would say it depends on. I feel like, um, like just the artist want something simpler, more complex. How many fills do they want? It's really ultimately about what the artist wants and thinks about. The music. I mean, it's a you know collective, but also totally. does it have to sound like the record? Because that's the other thing too, right? Like the fans who are at the concert might want to hear exactly, and they're like used to that specific yes. the specific way it was played. Yes, yeah. You know, so there's that other aspect. I feel like there's definitely like more in like the pop yeah. music. These these fans want to hear exactly. The record. Yeah, exactly. They just want to see this person live. Yes. It's like a whole thing. Yes, totally. it is a whole thing. So totally. there's that aspect. And also, I think in terms of, like, start simple and then add your own stylistic elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for you, what does that style mean? Like, what mm. like what could you, are there things that you consider that, oh, this is my thing? Or, like, yeah. when you say adding your own sort of element to it. What does that mean for you specifically? Everybody has their different answer to this. But, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just really like every show is different because I feel like I just want to give space to whatever I want to express mm. like in that moment. And that's what I love about live music is that once the moment has passed, it's passed, yeah. you know? That's right. Like that show has its own specific way it went if that makes sense totally. and I feel like also what I mean by language is like studying the greats and like you know for you those specific genres yeah but also yeah. like not getting into the habit of like sounding exactly like a person yeah I think like it's so important because to be able to speak that language you need to like study it yeah 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 totally. you know just like with any other mm-hmm. like language like English or French you know and you're studying it through the greats. Yeah. Totally. totally yeah. Totally. I think, like, listening is the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree as well. I think, like, we're sort of pushed to think a lot, like, oh, we're, we have to copy this. We have to copy this yeah. person. We have to do it like this. Like, oh, you have to play, like, yeah. Dilla, or you got to play, like, exactly. like, a lot of these things, right? But I think the language is sort of getting to sort of, like, uh, or I tend to, I, I'd like to think about it mostly as, um, sort of, you're an influence of a bunch of different influences, yeah. sort of thing. You're pulling from this totally. person. You're pulling from that person. You're even somebody even pulling from a machine yeah. as well. Like yeah, you know, and not songs. not only the language, but ask yourself why are you learning that language? Totally, because it's like, for example, you know, I feel like a lot of people are into JD Beck, and yes. like you know, gospel chops and like. I mean, I'm into that stuff, heavy. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm into a lot of different realms of drumming. But, you know, I remember, like, I had a teacher who was like, why are you learning this? Or, like, why are you interested in this? And then it really, like, made me just stop in my tracks. And it's like, well, everything is a function, right? Right. Like, do you want to push the music? Do you want to like lay back? Do you want to play simple and like leave a lot of room for people? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like 
you know, totally. thinking, thinking about, about why. why. Yeah. Whoa. What? Yes. <laughs> this is crazy. Been using the yas a lot here. Yeah. What are? Uh... Oh. <laughs> that was that was that was a specific one for the both of us. There's a there's a Titanic one. Yeah. There's the bruh. What does that dark blue one do? It's an applause. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Whoa. you. Yes. You're welcome. Think about why. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I have here in, 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 in my notes is the infamous, well, famous Larnell story where he learned to create this Narky Puppy set on the plane. Oh, yeah. On the plane to the gig. Oh, my God. The whole sh- the whole Snarky Puppy, which, if you all don't know Snarky Puppy, it's not uh, it's on not four on the floor, uh, that money beat that we're talking no. about. It's uh, complica- complicated, like, jazz fusion, like, yeah. neo R&B stuff. It's not Listen like, to What About Me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So he... Learned the whole set on the plane. Yeah, but he's also like <laughs> I know, I know. He's like one of the best drummers in the world. Superhuman. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be so humble about it too. Yeah, he'll be like really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's another learn learn Larnell thing, which is like also now popular on the on the on the interwebs, is uh, the whole thing he did on Drumio where he like learned. Or oh he, yeah, he, like, heard the song once and yeah. then played it. I saw that. No, the Drew. way he thinks about music is just like really, really incredible. So yeah. any drummers and musicians out there who want to learn a thing or two about musicality, definitely check him out because, yeah, I mean, yeah. He just has a lot of really, really golden nuggets of wisdom. Totally. About that kind of stuff. You were, and just a lot, this is the Larnell piece that yes. I wanted to touch on <laughs> with you. I know he's been a very... Uh, influential yeah. for you, also a teacher at yeah, uh, prof I, at Humber. Yeah, um, you have thoughts on Larnell and a couple of sentences. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> How to, well, opening I think the door to this. Uh, that's this topic. literally what I wanted to. Uh, I mean, I was very fortunate to study with him mm-hmm. in my final year sure. at Humber, actually, and I feel like the lessons weren't actually what I was expecting, it was like actually so much more um, and so much more valuable because I feel like, yeah, again, what, how he thinks about music as a whole, like it's just so valuable. And like, he really had me think a lot more about my instrument and just like all the music genres I was into, like way more because it's just so much deeper than like, Oh, this songo beat. You know, sure, sure. or like whatever this jazz beat you eat on, like I don't know, drumio or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, so totally. much deeper, and like it's always deeper than just like yeah. You know what I mean? So just what you're playing? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and just like doing a lot of listening and like critical thinking about like why you're you're doing something. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, check Larnell out. Please. Um, I guess going into this new topic of just drumming, general yeah. influences. Um, my first question is why drums for you? <laughs> Something early oh, on. Where you're like, oh, that person's sick. Let me do that. Honestly, I did not have a deep response for this one. <laughs> I think 
to be honest, going into drums was actually more because my oldest brother, Joe, want, like started learning drums. And then all of a sudden he wasn't interested anymore. And so my mom was like, she had bought this Westbury drum kit. Iconic. <laughs> I know. Yo, shout out Westbury. Yeah, Westbury. One time. I know. And then um, she was like, please play it. <laughs> for the love of God, I paid money for right, this yeah, totally, drum kit. Totally, totally. And I was like, I don't know, man. But then I started like playing it. And I think over time, I grew love for it. Yeah, sure. You know, because when you're a kid, you know, I feel like when your parents tell you to do something, you're kind of like. Totally, yeah, yeah. You can and feel the, forced. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I sort of like gradually over time got into it. Yeah. Were you in like private lessons early on? Yeah, I actually, I had private lessons with a guy who was just not even a drummer at all. Yeah, yeah. His name was Frederick Yu, who um, was a flute player in the Toronto Chinese Orchestra. <laughs> like this middle-aged, like, Chinese man. And he was, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out very Frederick. Frederick, yeah. Uh, a very fond memories. <laughs> us just, like, practicing our, like, full notes. Hey, all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's my first teacher ever. That's nice. What, what what were you like? Some of your or and still today, even some of like your biggest influences for drums. Oof, um, man, I know we could talk. This could just this could be like three hours. But oh my god, so many! Like, I feel like I have like the, you know, obviously Larnell. You know, like the very technical people. Yeah. And um, Sean Wright, you mm. know, Devin Taylor, <laughs> okay. you know, those yeah, guys. Yeah. But I also am really into like Tony Williams. Yeah, yeah. And Elvin sure. Jones. Sure, that jazz side. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I also am really, really into Dave Weckl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like sure. technical side. Like technical, yeah. But then I also am really into Clyde Stubblefields. Okay. And also those, like, Bernard Purdy, like, none of those guys had, like, technical training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's all, like, coming from the heart and feel. All feel. And it's, like, so musical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their background was, like, just being raised, like, playing, like, pots and pans and, like, you know. Totally. And then, like, just starting really young and, like, doing a lot of listening and just, like, I don't know. I feel like even people... We'll talk about, I mean, technique is important, but I feel like you just really hear the hearts of, yeah, you know, their musicality. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, Clyde Stubblefield's the most, like, sampled drummer for, like, a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Icon. Yeah. Um, with some of those jazz influences, did they come into play? Um, oh, Mark Giuliano, which, by the way. Oh, yeah. Playing <laughs> yesterday. Bastards. King. Um. <laughs> No, totally. Mark has been a huge influence for me as yeah. well. Um, with some of those jazz influences, do they come in mostly at Humber? Yeah. Like first and second year? I would situation? say so because I think that's, I mean, I hadn't ever played jazz. Yeah. Like not a single time with the band until yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was like, they were like, you're going to go into the enriched like jazz stream, which I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because I yeah. had not. Yeah. And I remember, like, having to do the, like, enriched audition. Like, you sure, know, sure, like, sure, never, sure, sure. 
listening to too much jazz before then. So I would say that that's where I sort of got my introduction to it. Tell and like me. a little bit in high school, like yeah. Snarky Puppy, obviously. Totally, totally. Yeah. Elvin Jones. Yes. Tony. Yes. Like I know. The, Roy the... Haynes. Bro. Oh. Yeah. You Marcus Gilmore fan? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. got to mention Marcus. Just so crazy. All right. The level of musicianship. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about that for, for ages. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, some records that influenced you the most. I know we're talking about drummers, but yes. are there some like things like even just like uh, s- singles, even just one song that you remember? Like, oh my gosh, remember when I listened to this song by this oh, person? Yeah. Where it's like it changed my life, kind of thing. I mean, I don't know if I have records off the top of my head, but I will say that when I was in high school, I wasn't really into jazz or. R&B too much, but mm-hmm. I was definitely a huge indie kid. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Huge sure. into the the indie scene. Like mm-hmm. I was into Mac DeMarco, yeah. you know, always like just Toronto deep cuts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Toronto core. Sure, sure. And I used to like, I mean, I was even thinking about this the other day where when I was like a teen, I used to collect the exclaim Toronto yeah. newspapers yeah, like yeah, yeah. while I was like on the subway and I would be like commuting home and I would like see the now Toronto ones and I would like look in to see like all the like latest acts and like even today I picked up one I think no yesterday I picked up one and I saw like Rachel Bobbitt in there I saw Leith Ross I yeah, saw yeah. Allison Russell and I'm like wow it's just really cool and also Pantayo I saw yeah and just people, how does that feel yeah one second let's take a second on yeah. that you were you were collecting exclaim and mm-hmm. now but now you have Playing with some of these artists that yeah. are on the... It just feels like an honor. Yeah, there you go. Honestly, I think anytime I play with someone, it feels like an honor. Yeah, sure. You know, because there's so much trust and love there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feels pretty crazy and makes me really reminisce. Like yeah, when yeah, I yeah. used to go to NXNE and then I would like check out like the free concerts at Young and Dundas. And, sure, like, yeah. I saw St. Vincent once one year. It was fucking blew my mind. Yeah, but, yeah. It's just really cool, and, like, I feel like I've come a long way um, from, like, not knowing how to play drums at all to, like, now doing this, like, as a full-time career, which I'm very privileged yeah, yeah, yeah. to have, you know? That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Any teachings from university that you sort of still think about, like, often? Like, from professors? Or- professors or even just, like, being with other people in the classroom or, like, something that you maybe experience during like an ensemble practice or whatever mm. that you're like, ah, I still think of thinking about, think about that moment. Yeah. When I'm, I'm playing with other people or out on the road or something. Mm. Any teachings? I think just like, I mean, one really big one I learned from Larnell is like, you were here for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, I think like going back to like the mental block, which I think is, the biggest thing I struggle with um, and still struggle with because truth be told, it never goes away. Yeah. But I think just the fact of like, trust yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. I think so many, so much of the time, because at Humber, like being like, you know, I wasn't, I was sort of in the minority in terms of like, you know, I'm like not a cis man and, you know, I'm like one of the only East Asian people there. I definitely felt a little bit 
out of place at times. And mm-hmm. also because like I didn't have too much experience on the kits, like going into Humber. Like I think I literally started really sh- um, shedding like before, right before Humber. Yeah. So I definitely felt like this deep imposter syndrome of being like, why am I here? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also there is a reason why. And like there's a reason why you are called to things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's like there is that level of trust for a reason in you. And like really just believe in yourself and also like lean on your community for support because People, there are people that care for you mm. and who have your back. Yeah. You know, I think so much of the time when I went into Humber, I would doubt myself. And so I would often like be shaky or like tense up and like, you know, not yeah, be yeah. able to play or like, mm. oh, I'm going to sit this one out. Like, sorry, I don't want to like solo or stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like really trusting yourself and yeah. I think just like trying to connect with your community is the most important. Way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, instead Next. of networking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, cut you off. No, there. no, no, please. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring drummers who are just starting out or looking to improve their skills? Yeah. Or just like very general drumming stuff here? Man, it's <laughs> a loaded one. Yeah, yeah. I would say if you can afford to take private lessons just to focus on technique. Mm-hmm. Because I just know so many drummers who have gotten injuries. Totally. Like, they've gotten tendonitis and then, like, can't play for a few years. It's just, like, really, really, really focused on taking care of your body and, like, early on learning about technique. Yeah. So I would say that's a really good one. Do a lot of listening. You know, listen to some of your favorite records. Try to channel the energy of, like, some of your favorite drummers. Like, why are your favorite drum parts yeah yeah you know what's the reason and then also like even when I go into gigs I like look at some of my favorite drummers and I'm like I try to channel almost their like energy like going into a gig I have and just sort of like you know what were they thinking at the time like get into the head of like that person and then like also read about them you know Mm. listen to their stories um where are they from where are why are they playing like that yes yeah. you know what i mean just like totally. get really into the roots of mm-hmm. like the music and the players and the, the connection between the players mm-hmm. you know totally and these players these 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 influences yeah there's these primary in influences of yours yeah also have their influences exactly so even if you learn everything about quest yeah. which is a big one for me Questlove has oh, yeah. generations and like thousands of influences. He could talk to you about exactly. music for years. I mean, he has been. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so there's so much to go into there. Yeah. Um, definitely for me, getting into that headspace and thinking about, for, even for me, like if, if, I'm, if I'm, let's say, copying somebody else that's been on a record, I oftentimes go into the, 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 the session or um, the, even the rehearsal sort of, emulating how they're sort of like playing and feeling and sort of trying to get into that headspace. Yeah. Um, Just play with people also. Yeah. Like make friends and play with them. Totally. If you like hanging out with them, play music with them and create music. Just, yeah. That's great. Um, (laughs) What are your thoughts of the role of drums in modern music? (laughs) 
Damn. How do you see the instrument like evolving? Well, for one, I brought JD back up yeah. the other like one minute ago. But yeah. I think definitely I think people are going into the direction of wanting to, you know, pick up like the gospel chops and the really fast, like choppy shits. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like generally the direction it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people want to start picking up that more. And I feel like a lot, because that is such a big influence, like a lot of people are going to be sounding like, you know, like the really fast, choppy stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it's going. How do you feel about that? I think it's very exciting, but I'm also like, I wish there was more of the like, also slower, like simpler stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there is this like, I don't think I heard Chino Davila talk about this at mm. actually at a workshop I was at. Yeah. I think which I think you were at also. I was not at that okay. one, unfortunately. I, I definitely regret that. Yeah. yeah. He was just talking about how because there it sort of is headed into this direction. And yeah. you know, Chino was like got chops for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also was sort of talking about how he sort of feels this like pressure to like for like live drummers to be like, you know, perfect and like like getting all these like a machine yeah like yeah, a machine we're slowly getting we're slowly getting pushed towards being yeah. like machines yeah and i also think that because of i don't know i think that there's this like i even feel this for myself sometimes because of like overproduced music or not overproduced but it's just like real so we really produced mm-hmm. and like you know, the quantize thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, totally. I feel like sometimes there is this, like, pressure to be like, okay, time is everything and I need to have perfect time, which mm-hmm. no one does. Yeah, yeah. You know, I there mean, it's just true. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, totally. Larnell said it. He's yeah, like, yeah. every drummer has, like, a, you know, no yeah. one has perfect time, totally. believe totally. it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one last thing for you. Yes. Uh, before we get into the game, do you have a dream gig? <sighs> Like, one artist would be, like, oh, my God. You have a dream situation. Mitski. Yeah, well, yeah. I think Mitski. Yeah. I just yeah. really just love her as, like, and I have so much respect for her as, like, a songwriter. And there's just, like, so many also just singers that I want to work with, Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, because yeah, I'm really yeah. into that kind of music. And I just think also as, like, a... She's like another Asian person yeah. in the music industry, like really in the thick of it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I also just like admire her so much as like a person as well and her like sort of views on the music industry and like life as well. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. That's great. Or like Janelle Monet. I'm just oh, shooting it out yeah. into the. Please. Yeah, please. Shout out. Shout yeah. out everybody. Um, any other this. any yeah, yeah we know you're watching Janelle. yeah <laughs> yeah Mitski hello I mean no um do you have other just, just rant just even people even people in the city even I have oh I have a God. bunch of people like in the city so that I'd, I'd love to people. play for yeah so many people I think Toronto's music scene is just like so unique mm-hmm. and special and I love everybody and I just think I don't know like I Played for this artist named Pool Blood the other day. Yeah, she's incredible. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't you should go check her out. There you go. But um, yeah, a whole bunch of artists. Who do you, who do you want to play for? I want to know. Dream gig. 
Toronto and then also just in general. Yeah, yeah. Just in general, I've said it before, um, Mayer would be a big one mm. just because of nice. so many so many of the artists that I've I've played yeah. for. Um or sorry, no, sorry. Some of the some so many of the musicians that I'm influenced by have right. played for for Mayer. That would be like a top thing for me. Um talking about Olivia Chow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no chow made music what talk about olivia chow like the new mayor you were like of toronto mayor. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah the new mayor of toronto this olivia guy chow. wants to play for you olivia yeah. chow please congrats by the way yeah <laughs> special shout out <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway um yeah mayor d'angelo uh would oh be like cr- like crazy that'd be crazy yeah 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 that might um, actually be one of my two <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, there's so many out there. Um, Shaf would be a big one for me, Andy Shaf. Um, for Toronto-based, I mean, there's so many people, like, even like close to our age, that are like, yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I'd true. love to play for uh, Georgia Harmer is a big one. Nice. Um, uh, Charlotte Day Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Caesar. Um, um, i I don't know there's there's just so many people yeah Um, it's crazy out uh, here and the toronto scene is just massive um i could talk about that for days literally massive literally massive (laughs) we're back 25th episode of the cloud machine podcast here with vanya lee They've um, I've already done the producers game actually. So we we've been we've been talking about it off air or off mic, I guess. I don't know even how to say that. Um, so for those who are um not familiar with the producers game, um, basically giving the chance to our guests to sort of produce this 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 uh this this dream album. Um, it's basically what I ask of them is. Um, their dream album, and who would the artist would be who would be producing the album? Who would be the band for the record? The studio, the city, the budget, the era, and for Vanya this time around, I've asked them to answer where would the first stop on this tour be? So we've been we've been talking about it off mic, but please <laughs> please present this dream album, the producers game oh my for God, us here. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> So the artist. Okay, I sort of had a thought that either Yeba or Aretha Franklin. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> and the producer would be Robert Glasper or Sean Martin. Mm. The band would be Ghost Notes. And um, who also, some of the members are from Snarky Puppy. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, and... <laughs> I also did like dual drum sets. <laughs> Sorry, Spuds, but I would replace you with Dennis Chambers and Larnell Lewis. There you go. But then I also thought Bernard Purdy. Oh no, I'm getting too greedy. I'm getting there. Too you go. With my three, three a drummers. million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the budget is a million dollars for this. And it's gonna be a live <laughs> recording at Madison Square Garden. Um, they have one week. <laughs> <laughs> the Honestly, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. It's true. 
for, for Madison Square Garden live yeah. record. So they could do it multiple times. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a million dollars. <laughs> it's going to be Motown. The era. The era yeah. is Motown. Yes. Yeah. Um, Whoa. And then <laughs> the first stop <laughs> is my backyard. There you go. You're invited. There you go. You have it. You yeah. heard it here first, folks. So, I mean, if in a couple of years it happens, then. Wait, why not is... tomorrow? Let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. The, the, the garden is booked. Yes. Anyway, um, that's how we basically end the, uh, the app. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks I for coming. Je love. <laughs> je, je love. Je love. <laughs> get that. Get, get that, uh, yeah. what is it, that, that French immersion kind yeah. of background out again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you for coming. Thank you for and, having um, me. Yeah. It was so great to talk about the origin stuff. story, even the drumming stuff, the influences. Um, yeah. Obviously, we had a bunch of chats beforehand, but yes. uh, this is the first, like, this is obviously the first time we've spoken, just the two of oh, us yeah. over like a couple hours here. So, um, yeah, it was great to know a little bit more yeah. about the, the journey. And uh, the hope lore. you have the lore. Yeah, the lore. Uh, the Lee lore. Yes. Thought, thoughts on that? I love that. I might take that. <laughs> um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, please like, comment, subscribe, review the podcast on Apple, whatever you got to do to sort of... Um, Get to know a little bit more about the music business, the music industry. Um, like like we've said multiple times during this podcast, this is for you. This is like a resource for the people that want to get into it or just want to learn more about the uh, the industry and the people who are in the industry as mm-hmm. well. So um, thanks again. Thank and, you. And um, we'll talk soon, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. <laughs>